Welcome to Make It Plain from Make Plain Jesus Ministries featuring Pastor James Bryan, where we take biblical truths in everyday situations and break them down to be as plain as possible. So, stay tuned and enjoy the broadcast. Well, welcome everybody to the latest episode of Make It Plain. And it's my pleasure to be here with you once again. And and as you know, I'm your host, James Bryan. And we're here talking about various aspects of life that you go through that maybe you don't get a chance to speak about as much in church service or with your family or wherever you are. But we want to make sure we're covering it. And yes, it is from a Christian perspective. But we're talking real things, real life issues and how to handle it. Whether you realize it or not, we go through life and not everybody's perfect and not everybody has this really smooth set of issues where everything is like, praise the Lord all the time. And well, how do you get through those things? How do you deal with that? And and these are the things that we talk about so that you're able to take what we're sharing with you, these nuggets of truth and begin to apply it to your life so that then you can live an abundant life. That's the goal. And today, um, once again, I have a special guest all the way from the left side of the United States. Um, And my guest today is Lauren L. Nelson, um, and she's an author. Um, She is she and her husband pastor a church, I believe, and I'll let her tell you that. But what I found out is she's a great person. And so we're going to have a conversation today, and I want you guys to get ready, put aside everything else, and just listen to this conversation and what she has to share. So Lauren, first I want to say, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Good, good. And just so in case you didn't know, audience and everybody's listening, she has a perpetual smile on her face and that's the great (laughs) thing about it. And so we're going to accentuate that as she begins to talk and share from her heart. And so today, the real focus of of our podcast today is a topic called the perseverance of women. And we want to kind of focus in those areas. And, And so In our introductory conversation that we had, she was telling me about some of the things that she's done and and this topic itself about the role of where women are and the importance of women isn't always shared, even in church services. And and even in my other role as a pastor, sometimes I don't do it as much as I should. And so we all have to know that we all have roles to play and we all have the ability to succeed. And as as the Lord is letting us do that, we have to remember that. So first, before I get in and talk about all the accolades and things that you've done, um, I want you just to introduce yourself in your own words, Lauren, if you would, so that others will know who you are and something about you. Yeah, well, uh, so I have two kids. Um, I have a daughter who is 13. She'll be 14 in January and a son who is nine. I have to think about it sometimes how old my kids are, but yeah, nine and 13. So um, love them. They're just an absolute joy. And then I'm married to an absolutely amazing man. His name is Kyle. And uh, yeah, we pastor a church together here in Tacoma, Washington. And yeah, and we actually planted our church about a year before COVID hit and we were going to have our first year birthday and we were so excited (laughs) and uh, we were meeting in a school. And then when COVID happened, you know, the schools shut down. And so we weren't able to meet there anymore. So it's been quite the journey over the last couple of years, but um, pressing in. Good, good. And I'm going to say this as an aside, I've been to Seattle and the Tacoma area a number of times. Oh wow! I always plan the wrong time. And here's why. (laughs) 
98% of the time it's raining when I'm there. Yes. Yes. And then the few times that I, that a sun came out, everybody I knew ran outside because they wanted to absorb the sun. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's see, how it is. Yeah. And it, it's amazing from that point, but you're, you're, you still love it. I can tell. And, and you seem to be good with it. Good well, it. we've had a beautiful uh, summer and fall, so it's okay. been really sunny. And even right now you can see the sun is coming in and, um, and so, but rain is supposed to happen starting like <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> so, That's all good. So it, I just go, here we go. You know, right. rain is coming. <laughs> That's good. Okay. So Let's get into your story. You're doing a number of things, and I, I want everyone to hear about you know some of the things that you're doing. Um, talk a little bit more about where you are. Talk a little bit about your journey, and then um, there's some other things about you, you as an author that we want to talk about. So I'm going to let you pick where you want to start because there's a lot that we can cover, and then we'll flow from there. Okay. Well, if I get to pick, let's start from the beginning. There you go. Let's just start from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. You want me to jump in? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I was born, uh, <laughs> I'm going way back. I was born into a Christian family. Okay. Uh, my family, I was raised Lutheran. Uh-huh. Um, I had a mom and a dad and uh, a twin sister. So I don't have any other siblings. It's just was the four of us. Uh And my dad would read us Bible stories uh, a lot of nights. My sister and I would spend that special time with my dad. And he would read us stories about these people in the Bible from a children's Bible. And I just remember him making these stories come alive. And it was a special time together. He would even make these special voices, you know, when he would talk. (laughs) And and it just was, it, it was so fun. And one thing that I just really got out of that, that I think has been foundational to me is that everyone in the Bible was just ordinary people like you and me, right? Just ordinary. And I think sometimes we can put them on this pedestal and say, Oh, they're, they must've been perfect. And that's why God chose to use them. No, Mm -hmm. they were a hundred percent ordinary, sinful people that, you know, God used anyway. And when they, especially when they said, I want to choose to trust you. So for me, that wasn't, that was just pivotal. So my family life in my immediate family was really great. I felt Felt loved. Um, it was a safe place. Mm-hmm. But when we would travel to visit some extended family members about once a year, okay. when I was young, um, then it wasn't safe for me anymore. And um, so we, from the ages of I was around four to six years old, okay. And um, we would we would fly to you know across the country to go visit this these extended family members and. My sister and I would sleep in the same room and uh, my parents would sleep in a different room. And in the middle of the night, another extended family member who didn't live there, but who had a key Mm. would come in with his wife and take my sister and I out of the safety of our bedroom without my parents knowing uh, and take us to another location. So we were put into a car and driven uh, to another home. Oh my. Okay. And as you can imagine, that's really terrifying. Um, and I, I really liked this person who did this during the day. They seemed like a really funny, you know, nice couple. Uh, Uh, but at night everything really changed and they became different people. So when we would get to this, to this other location, uh, this happened 
I have memories of like two or three times that this happened in my life. So uh, in my childhood, between four and six years old. Um, But when we got there, there were other men and women there at this house, at this other location. And then unfortunately, there were other children as well. Mm. And these children were victims too, just like me and my twin sister. Okay. And the purpose of these people getting together there was to worship Satan. That oh was my. their that was their goal um, and their endeavor. And so they they would worship the enemy by doing bad things to children. Oh, no. okay. And um, and so what I experienced was a lot of emotional abuse. Uh, sexual abuse, mental and spiritual abuse. Uh, my sister and I, it's really interesting. We, we experienced it very different. I think a lot of people think, oh, when you're abused at the same time, you must have been abused in the same way. But I think because the enemy is strategic, Mm -hmm. he, he used his people to abuse us in different ways and in the ways that he knew would at the, at most, you know, steal, kill and destroy. Right. Cause right, that's what right. the enemy comes to do. Right. Um, now hang on here, everybody, because there is hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but so I went through that and it was really, really awful. My, my, uh, family members would tell us, Hey, if you tell anybody, we're going to kill you, we're going to wow. kill your family. And so my sister and I did what a lot of people, a lot of children especially do is we repressed our memories. So we Mm. pushed them back. What that means is you basically forget. And I think God really used that for us because it kept us safe. Um, You know, it is a coping mechanism and it can be a good thing or a bad thing in some ways. But I think in that instance, it was, it was good because we were able to push it back until we were maybe a little bit more emotionally ready to handle it. So let me ask you a question if I can. Please. Um, yeah. So you guys were twins or are twins. Yes. And it's amazing being twins, you still experienced it differently. Yes. Um, and then did you, and so when you were repressing all of this, did you talk to each other about it at all? Or did you both forget it, even though you knew you were both there? We did not talk about it. Um, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember a lot about my childhood and I'll share. I remember some things, but I, the repressed memories actually came back. We started to get our memories back in junior high and I'll, and I'll share about that in a minute, but the way that we were abused was different. Um, I was made to be like one of the oppressors. So um, I was made to do things. And so I had, I, it, it was weird. My, the, the, the side of the family that this was on, I'm being really discreet because they are sure. still alive. Um, this side of the family had a very strange thing that they would do from the time you were young. There was one of the children would be considered strong and the other child would be weak. Mm. And so the person in my immediate family, um, I won't say if it's my mom or my dad, just so we don't make that clear, but they were considered the strong one. Mm -hmm. And then this other person who did the abuse was considered the weak one. Okay. From the time they were little. And then when my sister and I were born, my sister was labeled strong because she looked like my, my other person and my parent. And then I was considered 
week. So I remember, you know, family members going, Oh, poor Lauren. Like in my, and I remember my mom and dad being like, poor Lauren, she's so stubborn. What? She's not poor Lauren. Why are you (laughs) saying that? But it was a strange thing. And so because this other person was labeled weak when they were young, they wanted to be the strong one and they were finding their power through the enemy. Gotcha. And they said, oh, Lauren is considered the weak one. We're going to give her power through Mm. the enemy. And so it was a real twisted thing. So my sister was abused differently. Mine was a lot more mental abuse and spiritual abuse in that regard, if that makes sense. It does. And and briefly, I would say that, you know, even most people even listening would have a hard time even realizing or not even thinking about that these things go on. I know. Uh, Right. And they said, well, that doesn't happen, does it? And the answer is it does. It does. Okay. It does really sadly. It does. And it's, it's very secretive because that's how the enemy is. He wants it in to keep it in the dark, but the Lord brings things into the light, Yes, he does. you know? And so I, hopefully, you know, I feel like it's only been recent that I feel like God is asking me to come forward and speak openly about this because he does want it in the light. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that my testimony, whether other people have experienced this exact thing Mm -hmm. or whether they can relate to the emotions and the feelings that have come up and the fears that I'm going to talk about, um, Um, I think everybody can relate to some degree. Um, So in answer to your question, my sister and I didn't talk about it very much because I was really felt like I was better than her. I felt angry and there was just this pitting against each other. That's how we were trained. So it was very strange. And then when we started to remember Uh, in junior high, we started to remember because we were triggered by seeing a different family member who really creeped us out. Okay. So seeing a creepy person, I think a lot of listeners can know, like, I know what you're saying when you say a creepy person, like it can trigger you. So my sister and I started to get our memories back of the sexual abuse. We did not get the memories back of ritual abuse until college. Mm, Okay. So, um, My sister handled it very different than me again, um, in coping through it, my, we told our parents and they were horrified, uh, but they got us into counseling and they did everything they could to help us Mm -hmm. through that process. Um, but my sister did a great job. She would talk to my mom. She processed with my mom and dad. She really talked with the counselor for me. I responded by getting really angry. Okay. And people do have a hard time believing that because they, you know, like you said, you got a smile on your face and everything, but I was so angry and mad all the time. And I pushed away my parents. I pushed away my sister. Mm. Even I would, I would not talk to anybody. And I, and so for me, when the memories came back, anger and fear Mm -hmm. and shame were my main nemesis. And that's what was there at all times. And the fear came as just terror of being, you know, fear of somebody breaking into my room, taking me out, you know, in the middle of the night to kidnap me or kill me. I had fears of just even walking down the street that somebody was going to kidnap and kill me. So at that age, most junior hires are excited for freedom and getting away from their family and just having fun with their friends. And I just was covered in fear. Mm. Now, most people didn't know that it was an internal battle. I would go to school and, you know, I just seemed mad, but, you know, but nobody knew why. Um, 
so that's kind of how I handled it. But one of the craziest things, and this is by God's grace, the only person I let into my heart during that time was Jesus. Good. Okay. And I'll tell you why he made himself known to me when I was really little. So just as the enemy was like, I'm big and strong and tried to show himself that way to me through the abuse. Mm -hmm. Jesus had come to me in dreams Mm. and said, I love you. You are mine. You belong to me. Not in a, not in an authoritative, scary way, but in a loving, like, I I love you. You're my child. And amazing. And I remember having dreams at the age of four and five of setting the captives free. Literally, they were graphic dreams that I didn't watch, you know, graphic movies or scary movies. They were really intense. And it was the Lord saying, this is what I've called you to. You've seen some intense things, but I I, I want you to know that you're going to do, you're going to break off the the chains of the enemy because of what he thought, you know, what the enemy thought he would destroy me with, the Lord would use to build his church. And it's amazing how the Lord does that. Yes. All those situations that look like they're a disaster and he turns them into good. It's amazing. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, that's so good. But yeah, even at the deepest wickedness, right? Mm -hmm. He can, he makes turn good. So he really revealed himself to me in that regard. I remember at the age of seven, I had a Lutheran hymnal and I was reading it. And um, for those of you that are Lutheran that are listening, there's a song. I don't remember the official name, but it's, this is the feast. And and it, it would talk about, this is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. And it was a whole um, song about being in heaven with Jesus and celebrating the victory of Christ. Uh-huh. And I just started crying. And I remember going to my mom, like, why am I crying? And I kind of thought it was cool, but I didn't know why. Well, I know now I experienced the Holy spirit when I was reading that. And I I felt his love for me. So just those simple ways that the Lord would say, I'm here and I love you. And even the Chronicles of Narnia, that was one other way that the Lord, yes. And my parents would read me those stories and Uh the author CS Lewis, Uh wanted us to understand who Jesus was through Aslan. Right. Right. Perfect. Just this beautiful, like childlike representation of how we, a child would view, Mm -hmm. view him perfect in strength and he's strong and mighty, but he's also just this loving, kind father-like figure. And so I really, I really found Jesus through that as well. So in junior high, as I'm having these memories, I felt like I knew God and I belonged to him and I could talk to him and I could share him my, my feelings of pain and hurt and sadness that I was going through. And I would read the Chronicles of Narnia again and escape into Narnia, you know, through, through that. And I wanted escape more than anything. Cause when you feel fear, you just want comfort. You want to feel, you you didn't go looking in your closet, trying to find a way to get into (laughs) I probably did. I probably did. And was like, please Lord, you know, cause I just wanted to go so bad. I just, anything other than being here in this world at that point. So my relationship with Jesus was super private and personal Mm -hmm. from that, you know, junior high through high school. Then I went to college and my relationship with Jesus became public because I heard the gospel Uh presented by an evangelist at our school. Hundreds of people had come, which if you, if you were ever at my school, you would be like, that's a miracle in and of itself that hundreds (laughs) of people would gather to hear a preacher. 
but he, and even the fact that I was in the room listening was a miracle in and of itself. But I, I was listening to him speak and he gave the full gospel presentation. He talked about how Jesus died for me and he shared the extraordinary things that Jesus went through and, and how much he loved me. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, we're going to ask, we're going to ask the Lord to come into your heart. If you want to receive him, he said this to everybody, but he said, I don't want you to just have us bow our head and close our eyes. I want you to stand up Mm. and make a public declaration that you are choosing to follow Jesus. And Before I knew it, I was on my feet. I didn't have to think about it and go, oh gosh, what are people going to think of me? Because I would have talked myself out of it. But Jesus had me up on my feet. It was like light was surrounding me. It was a holy moment. And I was just crying. And from that moment forward, everything shifted. Okay. And yeah. doesn't everything doesn't get better? Everything doesn't, you know, but right. it 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 did get better. It did feel like the lights came on, but uh-huh. it I had to still I had to pray through a lot of the pain that I had right. gone through from my past. It doesn't just go away. Right. But it was awesome. And um and and I learned I was learning about what it meant to surrender my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He wasn't Good. he wasn't just and this is for for everyone listening. He he's there to be a comfort to us, yes, right. but he's more than that. We need to yeah. surrender our lives and follow right. him Good. and uh, be obedient to him. Right. And even when it means it's uncomfortable. That's and good. so that's where, that's where it was. And then God got me plugged into a church of people, my own age and okay. some older people, uh-huh. and they were really teaching about freedom, uh-huh. prayer, praying and, ex- and experiencing freedom from demonic strongholds in our lives yeah. that get yeah. built through our own sin, but then also through abuse and hard things that have happened to us. Okay. Um, and so I went through, you know, well, let, really, let me ask you for a minute, if I could. Yeah. So now when you got into that group, did you start to open up and share instead of being angry? Um, did you begin yeah. to talk about it? Yeah, because I felt really loved and known. That makes all the difference because I did not feel understood or known or loved. M- my family loved me, right. but we we still didn't have a, a super great relationship because I had been so pushing them away still. Right. But but yes, people that were equally pursuing the Lord, their hearts were open. So they were sharing their hard okay. stuff. Okay. And then I would share my hard stuff and we would pray together through it. So there was this intimacy mm-hmm. that I felt of being fully known and mm-hmm. fully loved. Gotcha. And okay. so that helped me to understand the Lord's love for me too. When you have that, that um, friendship in your life mm-hmm. and not that they didn't make mistakes and do stupid things. And me too, probably. Cause we were young and right. you know, sometimes you can say things that are insensitive or whatever, but it was, it was really powerful Good. in that regard. And so in the prayer times that we would have, I remember seeing just experiencing the Lord's love for me in new ways. I remember seeing myself because you can get pictures in your mind that God gives you. And I would just, and everybody can see that. Sometimes they see pictures. Sometimes people hear words and God speaks in different ways. But I just remember seeing a picture of myself as a little child at the age of four or five. And I was, my hair was disheveled and I was covered in just filth and dirt. And that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just dirty and I was hiding in the back of a cave and Jesus showed up and he held his hand out to me and was like, come. And then when I came out, he, he gave me new clothes and he washed me and he told me how much he loved me and that I belonged to him. I was his. And so in those prayer times, the Lord would speak to my heart 
and wow. more healing would happen. Wow, that's good. and it and it really, you know, I was on another podcast and the and the podcaster said something so exactly right on, which was it's like a peeling of the onion, you know, uh-huh. you know, you just uh-huh. you think, oh, I got free from that. And then the Lord right. exposes another deeper layer <laughs> right. after layer. And so right. it was it was, you know, a process of years of 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 going through prayer and stuff and, and even deliverance prayer in some regards, right. where it's I remember feeling lighter mm-hmm. afterwards. Like I know that that spirit of fear left or that yes. spirit of shame. Right. So just um powerful. Well, that's good because uh, again, you went through, uh, I would say one of the lowest points that people could have at a very young age. Yes. Um, and then you dealt with the, the repercussions of now the memories coming back. Yeah. Uh, you dealt with the challenge of relationships and the anger, but you had one constant all the way through there from a young age, which was amazing. And yes. that kept you from losing it all. It seems like. Absolutely. And one of the things now that you say that, that the enemy really, the Lord revealed the enemy's strategy was that he wanted me to go crazy. He, he, and I would have gone crazy and I would have killed myself. Wow. If it had not been for Jesus and for his constant love, he was Uh my, he was my anchor. I mean, people say that, but when you've Uh experienced like a loss or trauma and you, and you can think of somebody in your life, who's been just constantly there and you kind of say, Oh, they were my anchor. That's what it was. But Jesus is the perfect anchor where I just, he was my constant and I knew that I could talk to him or else I literally would have gone crazy. So uh, I'm going to get into some other things with you in a minute, but I'm going to interject one question for you. So with all of this and all the things you were going through, and then you met this guy that became your husband, what did he think at first? I hope you've enjoyed this week's Make It Plain podcast. Join us again next week for the next part of the discussion.